Hello everybody and welcome back to Carter Street Talk. This is episode 55 and today I'm joined by Jackson. You may know him for his Carter Street moves, for snowboarding, and for being a really cool member of the community. This episode was suggested by Weston Hamilton and I'm super happy to meet Jackson. Jackson, I'm going to start out asking what I ask everybody at the start. How did you get into cardistry? Okay, so um, I have been doing cardistry since January of 2017. So I just hit my uh, five-year mark like a week ago, actually. Um, but yeah, so um, Christmas 2016, I believe, um, my brother got me a deck of cards for Christmas. Um, and that was like the only thing that he got me. And I was like super stoked on it just because he like got me something. And, um, so I wanted to, you know, try and make something work with it. And so I, you know, growing up, I was always fascinated by, by David Blaine and like other street magicians. And so I started, you know, looking up like basic card trick tutorials on YouTube and, you know, learning how to do stuff that would like fool my friends and family, um, got super into it, um, for a little while and about a month into doing that. Um, if not less than a month into doing that, I uh, stumbled across Tobias Levin's uh, Tiger Woods on YouTube. And, um, you know, seeing that for the first time, that was the first time I had ever seen cardistry or, you know, anything like it. And it really blew my mind because it was so much more than just like the, you know, the performance of a magic trick or something like that. It's so much, so much more freedom and, and creativity in it. And I could just see that just by, by looking at it. So I, I decided I would give it a shot and, um, you know, started by learning super basic things like, you know, like the Charlie haircut and, um, you know, other basic moves like that. And, and that's kind of what kickstarted my, my interest in it. And I would actually like to give another shout out to Weston because I found his, uh, YouTube page pretty early on into into me doing cardistry and he had some tutorials and stuff on there um, and you know just decided to learn a bunch of the stuff on there and, and because of that you know I became a pretty big fan of his um, and so yeah that was that was a major aspect of of me getting into cardistry at the beginning and then it just you know kind of kickstarted from there and I, I fell in love with it and decided that it would be something that I really wanted to do and um, you know got into the motions with like creating moves and, and finding my own space of creativity with it. And so ever since I've just been hyped on it and, and I love the art. It's incredible. Very thankful to uh, be surrounded by all these awesome people as well that do the same thing. Yeah. Like we have a really awesome community. Yeah. So, so definitely uh, a yeah. really common story. I know we were talking about a little bit before the podcast of so most people started magic and then kind of get into Carter street through that. Um, it is very interesting that we're starting to see more and more people get into cardistry from cardistry, which is pretty cool. But um, another interesting thing we right. kind of talked about is that there's usually for a lot of people kind of one video that they saw and they kind of probably remember it very vividly that kind of got them into it. So I know for you, you just said it was Tiger right. Woods earlier. And then for me personally, it was opera by Dimitri Arleary. And that like, it kind of opens your mind to like, right. Oh, okay, there's ridiculous amount of possibilities with this. So it'd be really interesting to see what that video is for a lot of people. Right. Maybe I'll put like a post on, on my Instagram or something at some point, because that would be an interesting thing to hear about. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's really cool. Everybody has that sort of, you know, spark that kind of, you know, lit mm -hmm. up their interest. I think no matter form. how good a video gets, like some that is made after that, like nothing's going to compare to that kind of first time that you saw that, that video. It's just... There's just no way. Of course. Um, just the circumstances behind it. 
Of course. So uh, obviously you talked about how um, you kind of have met Weston Hamilton and kind of got a little bit more into cardistry through him. Um, one pretty common question or topic mm-hmm. that I got from my post on Instagram was just some wanted to hear about cardistry con, some of your experiences, some of the stories, because a lot of people um, that responded were people that were there with you, like Weston and such. Will. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, originally going into, into cardistry con in Portland, um, we had a group of like 25 people that we were trying to fit into one Airbnb. And uh, we had like a giant place booked. Everybody had put their deposit down um, and that ended up falling through just because I guess like the, the owners of the Airbnb like revoked our um, opportunity for the week or whatever. And so me, uh, Weston, Will Farrell, and Mike Warnicky, um kind of like got together and decided that we wanted to do an Airbnb together. And so, um, yeah, we, we ended up getting an Airbnb together and um, it was a lot of fun. It was a pretty small space, but it was like super affordable and we weren't really ever there either because we're always out like doing stuff with Cardistry Con and, you know, hanging out with other people and everything. And, um, so yeah, man, that, that whole entire experience, the entire weekend is like the best weekend of my life, you know, just being surrounded by so many other people that are, um, you know, into the art form the same way as I am, because um, I don't know if there are any cardists close to you, but for me, at least there aren't any for hours away. So, you know, it's, it's rare for me to see somebody else that does cardistry. So when I, when I do get that opportunity, it's really special. And um so yeah, I, um, me and Weston hit it off pretty immediately because we, uh, we had started talking a little bit before, um, Cardistry Con and, you know, him and I became friends, um, prior to Cardistry Con. I don't remember exactly how, um, I think just like me posting stuff and tagging him on Instagram. And then we ended up, you know, talking, but I remember when I first started talking to Weston, I was like hyperventilating because he was like, you know, one of the first cardists that I saw and I was like super hyped with all the stuff on his, on his YouTube channel and the Instagram page and everything. So like, you know, being able to talk to him was super cool. Um, and then we bonded pretty quickly and it, it still kind of blows my mind to say that like him and I are close friends because, um, you know, for the longest time, like I just kind of idolized him. Like he was like the coolest dude ever. And so, um, but yeah, we, uh, me and Will got to Portland first. I think Will got there like before noon. I got there like shortly after noon. And then Mike and uh, Weston didn't even show up until like 11 o'clock that night. Um, Cause I guess Weston had some travel issues, like missed his first flight out or something and then had to book another flight and couldn't even get him in until like later that evening. And so um, me and Will were kind of just kicking it during the day, got some Popeyes um, and we were just like, you know, watching videos and, you know, showing each other you know, our moves and stuff. And it was really cool. But when we all finally met up, we, it's, this is kind of the same story with, with so many other cardists that I've met. It's like, I don't really have to know anything about them, but like, because we both do cardistry, we're just like immediately friends, like right off the bat. And um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's a really special thing to have with everybody in the community. Um, and so, yeah, we um, just Airbnb from, or, um, not Airbnb, but Ubered from the Airbnb to uh, the con every day and then spent most of the day out just like walking around town after the event and like, you know, going out and and hanging out with our friends. And um, at one point, 
we ended up going over to, I want to say it was Matt Fox's Airbnb. There were a bunch of other people that were staying there with him, like Yin. I don't know if you know about Yin, but him and I are close friends, and he was staying there too, and there were quite a few other people. But um, I want to say there were like 20 to 25 of us in this massive like mansion Airbnb. Um, and, you know, just like hanging out in a giant group, just like watching videos and, um, you know, it was so much fun, but, um, we ended up hanging out with that entire massive group pretty much for like the rest of the time. And every time we went out to eat anywhere, they sell yerba mate, like Waiyaki yerba mate everywhere you go in Portland. And so we all loved it. We all got yerba. And ever since then, we started calling ourselves the yerba gang. And so, like, we have a whole chat with, like, everybody that's in the group on, on Instagram and, you know, like, always talking. It's, it's so much fun. But, um, yeah, it was cool. That, that whole experience was just phenomenal. And, like, everybody in this community is just so cool, man. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I know <laughs> at one point you mentioned talking about, like, just kind of the distance between us. There's, there's oftentimes, unless you're in, like, Seattle or, or some of these really big cities like New York, you're probably not going to find a car that's super close to you. I think the closest one to me is maybe two hours um, that I know of. So it, right it is kind of cool how we are so easily uh, bondable, I guess, um, how easily we are to get along. Um, because we kind right. of, in a sense, we have to, <laughs> because there's not many of us. But but like you said, there's almost like this, like, yeah, it's like, high because you finally get to talk about this thing that you really enjoy and you kind of, uh, most of us are super nerdy about it and geeks about it. I, I would consider myself on it for sure. Um, so right. it's, it's always nice how open the community mm-hmm. is and how nice they are. I know I've seen it just countless times through the podcast. I mean, just the fact that I've had 50 plus people on this thing is wild um, that I've never met before. Right. Um, so yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy. So it's always such a nice thing about this community is, is how open we are. And um, I see you got some guitars in the back there. One question I want to kind of ask you is how you have found kind of some of your other hobbies has affected your cardistry. I know you do snowboarding, some photography, stuff like that, guitars in the background, like I said. So um, have you ever found like your other hobbies interacting with cardistry? Definitely um, with music. I wouldn't say necessarily like, you know, playing guitar or playing another instrument at the same time as doing cardistry, but music definitely influences my, my cardistry because, you know, like I, I always listen to music when I'm like creating, I, I generally always listen to music period. Like I just, I love music and always like to have it on. But, um, you know, if I'm listening to like something that's upbeat, usually I'll tend to like have a faster flow, like with my moves and like the combos that I'm doing, or, you know, if I'm listening to slower paced music, then it's, it's the same thing. Like I'm slowing it down, kind of trying to like match the flow. And, um, I wouldn't say that music has necessarily influenced my, my creative process or, or anything like that, but it, it definitely helps to, you know, have something going on in the background while I'm creating or even just shuffling cards period. Um, yeah, none of my other hobbies have, have really influenced cardistry, um, other than like worry bricks, maybe like Weston's worry bricks. Like I always tend to find myself, um, like shuffling Mm -hmm. cards and playing with worry bricks in the other hand. Like I'll, I'll be doing like one handed stuff with cardistry and then like playing with the worry bricks in the other hand. And, um, I just saw some stuff not too long ago, um, like with Kyle Tran playing with, uh, like doing a, doing a cut, like a cardistry move, um, with worry bricks, like balanced on the packets. And it was, it was super cool. And it kind of like, um, 
you know, opened up a lot of possibilities in my mind for, for different things that I could create. So I've been kind of trying to play around with that. Um, but it's, it's really difficult. There's a, you know, there's a lot of, um, untouched space in terms of creativity, um, in that certain playing field. But, um, yeah, so I, I, um, I'm very into a lot of things. Cardistry definitely isn't my only hobby. I, um, I'm big into playing music. I love playing guitar. Um, I'm big into snowboarding in the winter up here. Um, you know, I live right next to a ski run. I'm pretty much on the mountain. So, um, you know, I can go out and snowboard every single day for the most part. And um, it's nice because my job pays for my pe- my ski pass, so I'm, um, I don't even have to, like, pay to get out there, which is super awesome. So I'm out there pretty frequently. I was out there for, like, three or four hours today. And, um, yeah, I, I'm also, like, super big into gaming. I've, I've been gaming my entire life. Like, um, you know, my first – I don't even remember what my first system was. It goes so far back. But I had, um, like, a Nintendo 64. I uh, had a Super Nintendo. Had a, a PlayStation 1. And, like, ever since then, I've been a big PlayStation guy. I had, uh, had a PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4. Now I really want a PS5, but they're impossible to come by. But, um, yeah, so I, um, I, I try to find – you know, new hobbies to, to spend my time on, but it has to be something that's really, really intriguing to me because the way that my hobbies work is I'll, I'll find something that I enjoy and then I'll practice it and practice it and practice it until I get to a certain level where I feel like I'm good at it. Um, and that's, you know, kind of how I'm wanting to go with worry bricks right now. That's like definitely my newest hobby. Like I, I, it's hard for me to put those things down, man. Like I, I have to take like a couple days off or like leave them at home to like, you know, like not, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Like I have to leave them at home to even be able to pick up my cards because they're just like so accessible and I don't have to have like clean hands. Like I like to have with cards. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's super easy, but I, I like to try and alternate between cardistry and, and worry bricks so I can keep kind of like an even balance between the two of them. But I'm definitely still like first and foremost, a cardist over anything. So, you know, I, I like to take more passion in that than being a, a yeah, bricker. I don't know they, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if they've made a, 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 worry bricks. a word for that yet. Maybe it's bricker and I just haven't heard it yet. But if it is, that's kind of fun. Mm. Hopefully not. <laughs> Speaking of video games, and this this wasn't in the topics that I gave you, but it's just, and you don't have to answer this, this is just a thought I've had in the past, is like, how could you make cardistry into a video game? It sounds like a really weird thought to have, because I think the initial idea is like, it's impossible. Like, there's no way you could make that fun. But then right. I think about it, and there's like skating. Of course. Like, they made that fun. Dancing became just dance. Like, I feel like, right. I don't know how they could do it, but I feel like if it eventually got popular enough, there could be a cardistry video game, and I'm super curious about how that would look. Yeah, I, I would, that's that's a very interesting idea. Um, like the thing that comes to mind for me would be like maybe something that could help the creative mm-hmm. process for for cardists, like some sort of, um, I don't know, like a. I don't want to say like an augmented reality, like a VR, but um, something where it was like a, like some sort of, there's like, there's like two hands, 
there's like a deck of cards in the hands. You can like pick what fingers you want to open up like grips with, and it'll like tell you if like the grips won't work, and then like the cards will drop, and you'll have to start over. But then you can like manipulate all the packets in like certain directions and try and create a cut virtually. Like that would be something that's really cool. Like um, you know, using some sort of uh, you know like um, AI even to like you know help you create some sort of move, and then and then you know, pick up an actual deck of cards and then try to practice it that way. But it's really difficult for me to think of um, how to make a cardish yeah. video game that would be fun. <laughs> because, like, if you if, if you made it, like, realistic, like, getting into the you'd game... You'd get a controller like, and you'd be like, really, really R-L quit. triangle, just to, like, one button for each figure. Yeah. <laughs> but kind of going in the opposite direction... Um, into a, a kind of serious topic, real serious, um, is the creative process. And this is a, an idea that I always love to visit on the podcast because I think at the core, that's what I'm trying to explore. So when it comes to creating moves, do you have any methodology or any way about doing it that you find works well for you? So a couple of years ago, um, I read a book by Demir. Dimitri Arleri, I don't remember the name of the book, but in the book he outlined um, how there are two different styles of thinking in the creative process. There is head thinking, um, where you're, you know, like going over the process in your head and, you know, thinking of the different possibilities of, of you know, avenues of creativity in your head. And there's also hand thinking, which is, you know, you have the, the deck of cards in your hands and you're actually like experimenting with the different possibilities of, of um, you know, positions to hold grips and, you know, maneuvering packets around each other and, you know, trying to keep the flow. And I would say that my, my creative style is definitely more on the lines of um, hand thinking because I generally like to, um, I, I've kind of gotten to a point where I don't, really look at my hands a lot. Like I, I, I definitely um, multitask with cardistry a lot. Like I, I always have cards when I'm at work. Like I always have cards when I'm out of the house period, really. I mean, I, I don't have them on me when I'm snowboarding, but like anywhere else I am really, I always have cards on me. And I generally like to focus on something else while I'm, you know, trying um, to create something in my hands, trying to move these packets around. And um, it's kind of a win-lose situation because I definitely tend to create a lot more obscure things when I'm when I'm focusing on something else and, and kind of like not giving my full attention to cardistry. But at the same time, because I'm not giving my full attention, it, it allows me to forget the things that I'm working on at mm. a specific time. And so a lot of times I'll come up with like a crazy move and I'll do something um, in my hands. And then after I've done it, I, I'm like, wait, what did I just do? Like, how did I do that? How can I do it again? Um, and um, believe it or not, that actually, like, even though I'm not giving my full attention to cardistry, it allows me to kind of expand my, my um, palette of creativity. And um, yeah, I've, I've come up with a lot of moves like that. Um, even just like, you know, moves that I have created in the past, like doing those openers 
um, because I, I've, I've gotten to the point where I have all of my moves down. And so, you know, I can do it without looking at it and I can do it on the fly. And so what I'll do is I'll just naturally do that opener and then try to explore, you know, like other options of, of places I can go with the move. And um, two of my most recent moves, um, Expo and Photo Booth, um they both are the same opener like if you if you look closely at the move it, it's kind of hard to tell because they were both shot from different angles but the opener is is the same on both moves and that is actually how i created photo booth is um you know coming from expo i just kind of was messing around with the opener and found out that there was a complete other direction that i could take it and and keep you know um a, a good pace of flow in that same direction and so yeah, I, I generally just pick up a deck of cards and, and see where I can go from there <laughs> with mm-hmm. my creativity. Like, I, I definitely don't have like an outlined process with, with steps. And I, I don't know if, if there are anybody else that do it in the same way that I do. I'm sure there are. But um, yeah, that's that's my creative process for you. I kind of just like fool around with it and see what I can make of it. Yeah, I think that's how majority of cardists tend to be from what I've, I've experienced. I think very few people are head thinkers when it comes to cardistry, just for right. starters, it's extremely hard to do, but of course. It, it is always a fun challenge to try to operate in that space. I know my friend, Sam Gordon, he says it's always like a mm-hmm. super fun challenge to try to design a move just in your head. And that freaks right. me <laughs> personally. Yeah. I, I don't right. I not do that if I wanted to, um, for like packet cuts and stuff for like simpler things maybe, but uh, that that's kind of a, a fun thing you can try to do. If you ever feel stuck creatively is try to make something just with your head. Um, I know that's something someone else has, has recommended, but I think most people are kind of like, like you said, kind of hand thinkers. And mm-hmm. I think everybody that I've talked to almost always has that experience of doing something really cool and they don't know how they did it and they don't know how they can recreate it. They don't necessarily right. know what happened. No, it was cool. Um, I think so many people relate to that in cardistry that I don't think is, I don't think it's like that in most other hobbies, like something like that happening. Um, so that's something a little bit interesting, but, um, right. thanks for kind of shedding the light on your process. Um, I think that's, that's always a super fun topic. One thing we're starting to do um, towards the end of the shows is ask for music recommendations because I want to create like a massive list of music recommendations from Cardists. I think that'd be a really Mm -hmm. good thing to do once the season kind of wraps up. So um, given that you're into guitars and into music, do you have any music recommendations that you think are underrated or just something you want more people to know about? Um, Well, my music case is very broad. I'm into so many different things like there there really isn't um a genre of music that i don't like um you know i kind of i i like to listen to a bit of everything and so um there there are some songs that i've been listening to lately that um i feel like more people could um get into and this is actually one that i one that i shared to a friend of mine yesterday um it's like super mellow i was listening to it on my walk home from from snowboarding um, and it just like the, the vibe was super chill. The song is it's pronounced my tuna, but it's M A I T H U N A, my tuna mm-hmm. by Brad Stank. <laughs> Brad Stank, S T A N K. Um, and yeah, it's like it's 
super mellow. The whole song is like, it's, it's a vibe and it's, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. But um, I, I would say that's more on the lines of um, like alternative rock, maybe alternative. It, it's like probably a little too mellow to even call it rock, but um, it's, it's a really, really good song. But um, let me, I'm looking at my, my Spotify right now. Let me try and find a, a good song, a good rap song, because I, I like a lot of rap. Um, so in this last year, I'm on I'm on Spotify, um, and, you know, it gives you Spotify rap at the end of the year. Um, for the year of 2021, my number one artist was this rapper named Larry June. Um, and I, I really like all of his, all of his music, you know, the majority of his songs are, um, like upbeat, like, you know, party, I wouldn't even say party, but just like, I don't know, it's the kind of stuff that you can listen to and like, like dance and like bop your head. Um, everything by Larry June is good, but, um, one of my favorite ones is called, um, Organic Tokens. <laughs> it's called Organic Tokens by Larry June. Um, and yeah, that's literally everything by him. I'm a huge fan of, if you're, if you're not the biggest fan of rap, then you might not like it, but, um, I definitely enjoy it. I'm also a big fan of, um, this newer rapper that I've found. His name is, um, um, I think it's, I think it's Black Sam, but that all the A's, so like the A in black and the A in Sam are V's. So it's B-L-V-C-K-S-V-M like Black Sam and um, like all of his music is good too, but I'm trying to find another one by him. Um, this one is called um, Moses is really good. Moses by Black Sam. Um, really? That one's super good. And then one more, one more music rec recommendation. Um, one of my all time favorite songs is called, um, it's called Honeybee, H-U-N-N-Y-B-E-E. -E. Um, and that's by Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Um, that's like, I'm a huge fan of that song. It's so upbeat and it's like hard for me not to dance when I'm listening to that song. But um, yeah, if you, if you want like a, a playlist recommendation, even like if you, if you like any of the, um, the music that I recommended or like a, a specific genre of anything, like I'd be happy to send you a playlist because I have literally like 60 playlists on my Spotify and they're all like for different moods and different vibes and different genres and stuff like that. Like I'm a, I'm a big music lover. So, um, I'd be happy to send some more recommendations, but, um, yeah, another, another big genre that I'm into is, um, classic rock. And that really comes from my history of playing guitar. Um, because the, the guy that I took lessons from when I was in high school, like that was his, main genre of music that he listened to was classic rock and so when he would teach me a song or you know anything anything like that and even just put on a song it would always be classic rock and so i have a couple of really good playlists that are dedicated to classic rock like a bunch of you know led zeppelin and um you know like guns and roses and um the allman brothers band and the temptations leonard skinner like all that stuff like i'm a, I'm a big fan of all that too so um yeah, like if any of you guys ever, not even just you, Caleb, but any of you guys ever want any music recommendations or a playlist or anything, you can always hit me up on Instagram and I would be happy to send you some because I love sharing music. That's like definitely one of my passions in life is being able to share music with people. So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of really good recommendations there. I know Honeybee is one that I've heard personally and I really enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. So lot, lots of really good stuff there. Feel free to reach out to Jackson. Uh, apparently he he has the he has the stuff. Um, I feel like <laughs> most good. artists in general are pretty similar in that we always are really into music, it seems like, for the most part. So mm-hmm. it's always nice to get those music recommendations. One thing I want to talk about real quick, music recommendation-wise, just because I haven't talked about it that much with anybody is um it's called prog jazz that i've just kind of gotten into recently i think it's yeah p-r-o-g jazz okay i think it stands for progressive jazz is what i think it stands for it is the most eclectic i think is the word to say music Uh i've ever heard and i really enjoy it (laughs) because it's just like super random and i like it check it out if you can um people listening dated that's fine but i've been getting really into it okay i found a i found a playlist uh it's actually made by spotify prog jazz or is it a is it a band or is it like a genre genre okay gotcha all right i i found a playlist i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to it tonight as soon as this podcast is done gotta check it out let me know if you hate it or if you love it because i feel like there's not gonna be an (laughs) in-between of course (laughs) yeah I'll, i'll definitely let you know okay um, so that's just something I want to talk of. I wanted to mention because I've been getting really into it the past three or four days. At the end of the show, I usually like to do what I call rule out the close-up pad. And that's just my fancy way of saying, is there anything that you would like to promote or any last night you would leave the audience with before we leave? Um, not necessarily anything I want to promote. Um, I, I would definitely like to give a shout out to all of my friends in the Yerba Gang um, if you go to the Yerba Gang Instagram, um, we are every everybody in the Yerba Gang is followed by that account, so you'll know who is in it by the people that that account follows. Definitely a shout out to all those guys. Everybody's super cool. Everybody's super great at cardistry. All a bunch of great people, and I'm super thankful to be involved with all those boys. Um, definitely want to give a big shout out to Comarabi, um, Linus. That dude is my man. Everything he's been doing with Comarabi is like the coolest stuff ever, like so progressive. So, you know, looking towards the future and trying to find a different avenue for creativity in terms of, um, you know, what he's doing with his company and like the releases and stuff. And and so that that dude is a brainiac, man. He's like so smart and is killing the game out there. Also want to give a massive shout out again to Weston Hamilton and all the stuff that he's doing with Worry Bricks. Um, really like the coolest skill toy I've ever seen. Um, and I've, I've tried out a lot of skill toys, so that's something huge. Um, they're just like such a blast. So many, you know, possibilities of new ideas and things. Um, and if you want to get um, even more into the community of the people that are, um, you know, involved with Worry Bricks, there is a Discord channel. Um, I I'm sure that you can find a link somewhere. You can ask me for it and I'd be happy to give you an invite link. But um, yeah, everybody shares really good ideas on the Discord channel. Um, it's a lot of fun. But, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for the most part. Um, I'm just like super stoked to be here, super stoked to be involved in this community. And thank you so much, Caleb, for inviting me onto this podcast. Super stoked to be here. Super happy that people are interested in hearing about my ideas. And my thoughts regarding the creative process and, and, you know, just in, information about myself. So mm-hmm. thankful to be here, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, obviously, thanks you for, for being here. If you guys want to um, hear more about some of the people he talked about, I have done interviews with Weston Hamilton and Linus Schmidt and some of the people from Coma Revy. And I think some of the people at the Yerba game as well. Um, 
thank you for Jackson for being here and taking your time to be here. As always, I'll have linked to Jackson's stuff in the description. If you want to check him out, I recommend you do. I hope everybody had a little bit of fun, learned a little bit of something about cardistry, and we will see you guys again next week, or at least I will see you guys again next week with another guest. It's been a pleasure, Jackson, and uh, we'll, we'll head out now. All right. Thanks so much, man. Obviously. Yes, for sure.